0: Welcome back, one and all.
1: How were those man breaks?
0: They were really good. Great, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were man great. Woo hoo! Yeah.
1: Hey, we're at new day, Eric. Really? Yep. This is episode number ten. Wow.
0: Would you say it's day ten? Day ten, January the tenth. Unreal. We're almost there. Can't believe it. Almost done, guys. Yeah. Keep it up. That's pretty cool. Well, we read about a bunch of dirt bags yesterday. Yeah, and a God who works through the mess. And a God who works through the mess. Amen. And now we're going to continue in Genesis chapter 31. Yes. But soon Jacob learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob's robbed our father of everything, they Mm -hmm. said. He's gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude toward him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, I've noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has has been with me. You know how hard I've worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to do me any any harm for he said the speckled animals will be your wages the whole flock began to produce speckled young and when he changed his mind he said the striped animals will be your wages then the whole flock produced striped young in this way god has taken your father's animals and given them to me one time during the mating season i had a dream and saw that male goat and saw the male goats mating with the females were streaked speckled and spotted then in my dream the angel of god said to me jacob and i replied yes here i am the angel said look up And you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth.
1: I would just say um, mating goats is not an image I want (laughs) to...
0: really you thinking about that's not the dream you want <laughs> you do want to have a dream about Meeting? definitely not you know what I'm just going to finish these last two paragraphs Please, it's right there Rachel and Leah responded, that's fine with us. We won't inherit our, any of our father's wealth anyway. He's reduced our rights to those of foreign women. After he sold us, he wasted the money you paid him for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. So Jacob put his wives and children children, <laughs> children, children, on camels and drove all his livestock in front of him. He packed all the belongings he had acquired in Padanaram and set out for the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban the Aramean and set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River heading for the hill country of Gilead.
1: Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he gathered a group of his relatives, set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Well, Laban got up with Jacob as he camped in the hill country of Gilead, and he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast. Yeah. With singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Oh. Yeah, why not? Why didn't you let me kiss my daughters and grandchildren? I'll throw the kids in there and tell them goodbye. You have acted very foolishly. I could destroy you, but the God of your father appeared to me last night and he warned me, saying, Leave Jacob alone. I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home. But why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives and ours, and I will give it back. Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives. But he found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tent. For Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel's saddle, and now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched... Her tent, without finding them, she said to her father, "'Please forgive me, sir, if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period.' So Laban continued his search, but he could
0: not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry, and he challenged Laban. "'What's my crime?' he demanded. "'What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal?' You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you've found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us before our relatives for all to see. Let them judge between us. For 20 years, I've been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, yes for 20 years I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters, then six more years for your flock. And you've changed my wages 10 times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you.
1: So today's uh, terminology, we'd call this a rant.
0: Oh, it's a rant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Padana rant.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then Laban replied to Jacob, These women are my daughters, these children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come, let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone, set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, gather some stones. So they gathered stones, piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. To commemorate the event, Laban called the place Jagar-Sahodatha, which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Galid, which means a witness pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared, This pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Galid, witness pile. But it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, May the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep His covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or if you marry other wives, God will see if... Uh, see it if even no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stones they've been continued and see this monument I've set between us. They stand between us as a witness of our vows. I'll never pass this pile of stones to harm you and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of my grandfather Nahor to serve as a
0: judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father Isaac to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, This is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanim. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now I have been living with Uncle Laban, and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape.
1: And Jacob prayed, "O oh God. Of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac. O oh Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me I'll treat you kindly. I'm not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness that you've shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. O oh Lord, please. Rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promise me I'll surely treat you kindly and I'll multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sand along the seashore, too many to count. Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. Two hundred female goats, twenty male goats, twenty ooze, twenty rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, go ahead with me to the animals, but uh, keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group. When my brother Esau meets you, he'll ask, whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply. They belong to your servant Jacob, but they're a gift for his master Esau. Look, he is coming right behind us. Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herdsmen, to all who followed behind the herds. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent the night in the camp. Very good. Yeah. The brothers get
0: back together. Yes. Maybe. (laughs) Esau could be coming to kill him. He could be. We'll see. 400 dudes. We will see. Wow. Okay. Interesting stuff there. Very interesting. Hey, so. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Right. Two questions for you. Okay. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about us, and how should we live in light of those things?
1: Well, I just kept thinking about it. it. seems like these people, even though we have a messed up family, personal stuff going on here, it seems like at the deepest part of who they were, they wanted to hear God, hmm. you know, and God spoke, you know, in different ways, and uh, it just seems like... um I think, so if I would answer this, I am right now. You can have some other things, but God speaks. And then I think really we want to hear from God. And the takeaway is, you know, fear God, listen to God and follow God. We know what happens when we do. And when we don't, we see that laid out multiple times here. Um, but it really seems like that. I think at who we are, like we crave, we crave that beyond ourself. And, and I think, you know, where the, some people will call it God, we, we say it's God you know, um, as believers, and and some people don't, but we all crave, like, you know, you know, where's that verse? Eternity is written in our hearts. Like, we all have that longing for the one who made us and, and loves us more than anything, whether we admit it or not. And I just, I don't know, that kind of struck out to me, Eric. You know, I've noticed as we're reading that they kind of long to hear from God or what God had to say. You know, like the one... Um, Rachel and Leah responded, they said, Go ahead and do whatever God has told you. Mm. you know, so they had a value of what God was saying. They valued that. And I think we should definitely do that as well. That's why we have the word and reading the word and encourage you to follow, follow it and obey it, live by it. So, I think we're a
0: lot more uh, apt to follow God, like what they were saying, because they knew that God was the source of all the blessings in Jacob's life. Like, they knew that Jacob's, uh, you know, cunning manipulation, whatever, did, didn't cause the flocks and the herds of Laban to grow and grow and grow. It wasn't that. It was God. They knew that God was the source of that. We are so much more apt to listen to the voice of God and obey the voice of God in our lives when we recognize what he's done already for us. God has a track record. Whether you know it or not, God has a track record in your life. He has consistently blessed you. He's blessed you with the right people in your life. He's blessed you uh, through the gospel. He's blessed you. Even the hardest life, God has blessed you by giving you life. God has blessed you. And so he has a track record. And the, the more we recognize that, the more apt we are to embrace it. And the more we embrace it, the more we can be blessed by God, hmm. so it's cyclical and it keeps going, and we see that in the life of Jacob. Hmm. I think another thing that we see in the life of Jacob is that God really desires us to have peace with people. Um, he made peace with Laban before he moved on, and he's making, he's trying to make yeah. peace with Esau. I'm trying, yeah. Before he meets up with him, yeah. Right, God. I mean, it's not like burning bridges and cutting people out. That's I mean, sometimes it's absolutely necessary. I mean, for real, like there are people in your life that just want to derail you and hurt you and harm you. And there's no reason for you to keep those people around. You must forgive them. You must move on from them, but you don't need to keep them around. But we see it in the life of Jacob that mm-hmm. that God's plan really doesn't always usually include cutting people off, cutting people out. He tried to do that to Laban. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Yeah. He tried to do that to Esau. Yeah. It didn't work. Nope so i think that's just another thing that, that kind of tells us about god and about us is that hmm. you know god wants us to honor each other to love each other and hmm. this is such a an interesting way to look at it it's so different from our world today but really is it like you know is is how is your relationship with your with your siblings how hmm. is your relationship with people who have hurt you harmed you taken advantage of you you know so
1: yeah, and just being open to the steps that God has for you to, to forgive them, definitely, first of all, and then maybe potentially reconcile with them. Could be. And I've learned that sometimes it's just being willing to to listen and being willing to accept and admit that some I have a part of this that maybe wasn't right on my end, Yeah, you know, and then God has revealed that to me. And that goes a long way. If there's concessions there between people, it's so hard, especially in marriage relationships. That's a way to break down that wall between husband and wife. If you're willing to to stop that crazy cycle and make that concession, because God wants to restore that relationship and be stronger than ever before. And I, and I love yeah that point here of Jacob and Esau, what's going on here. And there's some fear on definitely Jacob's part, I think. But he didn't have to do it. He could have ran away. Yeah. But he decided to do some blessing there and and set things up. So that was good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much good. for tuning in today. Yeah, thank Very you. Very proud of you. Good stuff. Keep going. Don't quit. Going strong, Uh, that's day 10, right? Day 10 in the books. You're right, Eric. And so we're almost done, and very proud of you guys. Share it around with everybody you know. Check in with each other. Yeah. And uh, let's just have fun and build this community around the Word of God and grow together and become more like Christ. Okay. All right. All right. Say hi to Esau. Say hi to Esau and go eat some mandrakes. Sounds good. Bye.